Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. My name is Ned Jabbar, and uh, this is going to be episode 173 of The Informed Catholic of 2020. And I'm going to do another uh, podcast comment on, um, it's on Archbishop Vigano, and it's the article, it's a blog from uh, Micaiah Hickson. And it's from Friday, October 16th, 2020. So um, the last one was, again, by John Henry Weston. And it was an interview he did with uh, Archbishop Vigano, who was giving a comment on the Pope's new encyclical, uh, The Brotherhood of All, uh, Fratari Tati, which is basically means in Latin, the brotherhood of all. And uh, this one here is Archbishop Vigano, we have to remain steadfast in the faith, not found in the new church. He's right. He's totally, completely right. Uh, Before we begin, please subscribe to my podcast. Uh, It would be a great help. And uh, share this will let Spotify, Anchor, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and all the other platforms know that you like this uh, podcast channel. It will be a great help, uh, not just to me, but to everyone, because it would let everyone out there that you do like uh, listening to uh, Catholic podcasts, you know, and I try to do the best I can. I know it's um, not as professional or uh, what do you call it? well done as others, but I do the best I can. Um, And, you know, this is important to me because I'm a Catholic. And talking about all this problem within the church, um, it's serious to me because I do love the Catholic faith. I love it very, very much. But I have to say, with all the years since I've been in the faith, I have started to notice problems. I have started to notice these things were popping up everywhere. Um, the problem is that there is there is a um, there is a lack of community of faith. There's a lack of enthusiasm. There's no enthusiasm. There is no enthusiasm. Uh, in the faith, uh, there's disunity. People come. I mean, I go to mass now every day. One thing about this pandemic, the miracle it has done for me is it has changed my schedule and it has allowed me to go to mass on Sundays. Uh, it's a miracle for me because I struggled going to mass because of my job. Most of the time it was my fault because I was constantly worried about paying the bills, making enough money. Uh, I needed overtime and my priorities were wrong. It's my fault. And a lot of times I'm going to say this, I have not always been a faithful Catholic. No, I'm not perfect. I have uh, slagged going to mass. I've, uh, you know, strayed away a little bit. I got lazy. Um, a lot of times after work, I was so tired. You know, usually I would rush to go to mass to, um, you know, either to St. Agnes in Midtown. Uh, I try to make it to mass uh, on Sundays here when I, uh, I would start early. I would be exhausted. I would show up to mass maybe if I'm lucky, and then I will. I'm half asleep. I don't even remember anything. And of course, you know. If I get home and I still got time, once my butt hits the couch, it's going to be very hard for me to get back up. And guess what? I don't go to mass. I've It's my fault. You know, I struggled. I struggled with it. And the more I strayed away, my prayer life died. Um, my interest in reading scripture uh, would, would get very dull. Maybe I would find other interests to read. And then, of course, you know, my, you know, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a fallen away Catholic all of a sudden. And this would go on 
um, back and forth for years. It's my fault. I, I take the full blame and take the full responsibility on myself. But the problem also is, I've noticed, is that there is no support network. There's no community, no Catholic community, no encouragement, no, no nobody to hold you accountable, no um, uh, your, you know, your friends, brothers and sisters. We don't have that. In local parish level, it is dead. It is dead. There are some Catholic groups. My friend Henry, uh, who um, if he wasn't around, I think a lot of times I probably would stray away completely. But this doesn't just happen to me. It happens to a lot of converts. And they complain about the lack of support, the lack of, of finding fellowship, you know, to, to help balance your life, like a weekly meeting or, uh, you know, a, a, a group of men or women, people who get together and study the faith. It's very hard. You don't have that on a local parish level. People complain that you go to, to, to church, nobody bothers to come up to you and introduce themselves to you or, or ask you, would you like to join our group or would you like to join our parish Bible study or, or our parish, uh, you know, um, community? Do we can talk about, you know, the, uh, subjects of the faith? No, there's nothing like that. And, and this is, this is the problem with, I think, I don't know. I don't know if it's everywhere. It can't be everywhere. I know there's possibly other places there. It's a lot better than this, but there's nothing. And and I have to say, even with my local parish here at Regina Pachi, there isn't anything. There is, there's nothing. I've been going there to mass every Sunday now. I could walk in and guess what? Nothing. Mass ends, it's dismissed. That's it. People pack up. Maybe there'll be a few people here and there talking to each other, but there's nothing, nothing on the bulletin board, nothing about a Bible study, nothing about a catechism study class, nothing on uh, religious topics, nothing, absolutely nothing. And that's the biggest problem with, I would say, parish life. There's no enthusiasm for the faith. None whatsoever. All right, let's. Um, I mean, I mean, I, I complained enough, but you know, maybe, maybe there's something. I don't know. I'll try to see if I can do something, but it's hard. It's very hard to get people to to want to be committed to something. You know, people say they want to be committed to it, but it's hard. And I'm not saying it's it's not a despair thing. I think the problem is on a spiritual level. This is a spiritual problem. You know, enthusiasm is one thing, but it's a spiritual problem. There's a spiritual crisis in the faith. And it goes from top down, and I guess it can you could say it can go, it can go to bottom up. You know, it's 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 a spiritual problem because there's there's no there's nothing being done about it. There's nothing being done about it. I'd like to do something about it. I just don't know. And the problem is, is that I, like I said, it's, you, you know, when you commit to something, you have to commit to it and it's hard. It's hard to commit to, is it hard to, you know, it's hard because a lot of times you could feel alone. A friend, my friend Henry has, has done this. He's tried to do this. And a lot of times he's only met sometimes opposition. It could be opposition from a particular parish priest and sometimes there's opposition from other people, maybe because they don't like what he's doing. I don't know. You know, he he often what he learns, he learns what, what, what he reads and what the church teaches. But sometimes you may get a priest who, for some reason, might develop a hostility towards your teaching. I don't know why. But they they I've seen this. And they get very angry because maybe you're teaching something that is that they want to they want to believe is outdated because it's very orthodox. And maybe they weren't learning this in a seminary level. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. But guess what? It's not outdated. Nothing in the Catholic Church is outdated. 
The only thing that's outdated, I would have to say, is the recent trend. Orthodoxy is never outdated. All right, let's um, let's begin with a prayer. Maybe that will uh, calm a little bit. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners. Now at the hour of our death, amen. Queen of the Rosary, pray for us. St. Joseph, guardian of the church, pray for us. St. Thomas More, pray for us. St. Thomas Aquinas, pray for us. St. Augustine, pray for us. And St. Michael the Archangel, defend us from evil. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. All right, so... From Micaiah Hickson, Archbishop Vigano, we have to remain steadfast in the faith, not found in a new church. We must not go down those steps, just as Christ did not descend from the cross, nor to, nor to we look elsewhere for that salvation that comes only from the altar, from the immaculate victim, from the cross of Christ. Friday, Friday October 16th, 2020, Article by Micaiah Hickson, October 16, 2020, LifeSite News. In answering an open letter from the Vivente Montesano, a Spanish blogger, Archbishop, all right, let the car pass by, uh, Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano sets out for all faithful Catholics a, prog a program on how to respond to the current crisis in the church. Our answer cannot be found in a new church, which is what the modernists are trying to do, but rather to remain steadfast, to resist, uh, to resist strong in faith, to preserve our own humility, remembering our own lack of understanding in the past, and to preserve our charity towards those who are now helping to destroy the faith. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's very hard, uh, but I understand what he's saying. We must remain where we ought to be, like that priest dressed in sacred vestments during the holy sacrifice of the Mass. We must not go down those steps just as Christ did not descend from the cross, nor, to, nor do we look Elsewhere for that, for that salvation that comes only from the altar, from the immaculate victim, from the cross of Christ. Vigano tells the Spanish author, and with it, all of us. Mestanos, Mestanos, in his September 25th open letter to Archbishop Vigano, had thanked him for his work and witness for his encouragement of all those Catholics who find themselves now accused of being against the Pope. Ministianos assured Vigano of the prayers of thousands of Catholics, like he stated, we will never succumb to the lie of the world spread, spread today by Jorge Maria, Mario Bergoglio. The ecclesiastical hierarchy of the majority of the episcopate and the vast majority of the consecrated persons who want us to believe that we are not Catholics because we do not obey the current Pope in some ways adds the adds the journalist Archbishop uh, Archbishop journalist Archbishop Vigano acts today morally more like a Pope that the Pope than the Pope in Rome. Uh, the wording the, the wording is a little off, but I'm trying to read it carefully. Let me read it one more time. Monastianos in his September twenty fifth open letter to Archbishop Vigano thanked him for his work and witness for his encouragement of all Catholic, of all those Catholics who find themselves now accused of being accused of being against the Pope. Monastianos assured Vigano assured Vigano of the prayers of thousands of Catholics. 
He stated, we will never succumb to the lie of the world. Spread today by Jorge Maria, uh, Mario Borgoglio, the ecclesial hierarchy, the majority of the Episcopate, and the vast majority of consecrated persons who want us to believe that we are not Catholic because we do not obey this current Pope. In some ways, as the journalist, uh, uh, you know, as the journalist, Archbishop Vigano acts today more morally, more like a Pope than that of the Pope in Rome. My personal belief is yes, the journalist wrote, and you, and you will forgive me for the audacity to express this idea to you. With regard of the problems of obedience to a Pope, that is leading Catholics today into error, the blogger continued by saying, the Catholic must be with the Pope, yes, but as long as the Pope is with Christ, he's absolutely right about that. Responding to those to these words, see full statement below, Archbishop Vigano makes it clear that he does not wish to be described as having the role of a Pope. The fact that the church is in crisis, he answers, is not a sufficient reason to attribute to me an authority that I do not and cannot have. But Archbishop Vigano encourages us to apply to our duty to, to obedience only when it is, is, it is in accordance with the faith. Thus, obedience is conditional on what a Catholic is asked to do. For example, the Archbishop states, the faithful who refuse to receive communion in the hand do not disobey their ecclesiastical superiors because that order is a sacrilegious abuse. But even if we, we at times need to disobey, the parallel continues, this does not uh, authorize us to create a parallel order, a utopia in which the flock, the flock gives itself its own shepherd and build its own sh a sheepfold. This would signify a usurpation of the authority of God. Herewith, Archbishop Vigano seems to reject any idea or proposal to be part of establishing a parallel structure in the opposition to the existing hierarchy of the church, much of which it seems tainted with modernism and an and uh, and an era. All right, so let's continue. One of these self-proclaimed liberators from the Roman yoke, he continues are actually the modernists and their followers. They attempted at superimposing upon her, that is the church, a superior entity that claims her name but renounces her faith. That's interesting. All right, let me read that one more time. Modernists and their followers, they attempted at superimposing Upon the church, this is upon the church of Christ, a, a, spuri a, a um, spurious entity, another, another image, another entity that claims her name, but at the same time renounces her faith, renounces her faith. This new creation is a sort of monstrum, which occupies much of the hierarchy of the church and thus is able to deceive the clergy and the faithful. I like that. This he's he is absolutely right. Wow. I have to say I really agree with that. That's completely. Uh, I I never heard anyone describe it that way. <laughs> it, it's very good. I mean, it's it's uh, it's it's a, a super a superimposed image, almost like a disguise or something. It's it looks like the church, but it's not the church, and at the same time. It's modernist, but it rejects uh, the orthodoxy, the faith of the church. Unbelievable, but very beautifully put. It is here the problem of obedience to the sacred pastor, pastor's lies. But the answer cannot be a revolution in the traditional sense. As a response to the conciliar revolution, the answers are true obedience and true humility. This is going to be very hard. Very hard for all of us. All right. It is okay. It is. It is here. Okay. One more time. It is here the problem of obedience to the sacred pastors lies, but the answer cannot be a revolution in the traditional sense. 
as a response to the conciliar revolution, the answer, the answers are true obedience and true humility. Okay, we have to we have to really follow this, but it's very difficult. Even for someone like me, I find it very hard. It is in loving fidelity to the truth of Christ that the fanatical dogmatism of the heretic is conquered. You get that? It is in loving fidelity to the truth of Christ that the fanatical dogmatism of the of the heretic is conquered. In light of the modernist era, may the faithful Catholic stay firm but humble. Our humility, according to Vigano, stems also from the fact that many of us, only a few years ago, were still not yet aware of the deception perpetuated against the holy people of God. Many missed the deeper understanding of the creeping apostasy that was taking place in the church. It is here that Archbishop Vigano calls us to remain steadfast in the faith, just as every priest offers the sacrifice of the Mass every day, independent of his own moods and independent of the amount of the faithful present. I'll give you an example. Uh, on Instagram, someone said they read, they read the, um, the, the new encyclical. And I asked the person, is it Christ-centered? And he answered me back, very. Now, I don't know. I don't know where he sees Christ in it. Maybe he wants, maybe he just doesn't want to believe that the Pope is wrong, that the Pope is 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 taking the church in a different direction. Maybe he or she does believe it. Maybe they they think that it's Christ, you know, this is this is where where Christ wants the church. But the fact remains is. If it does not say anything about abortion, if it doesn't say anything about, uh, you know, if, if it only speaks of Christ twice and it's very much globalist, I can't follow it. I'm sorry. Because Christ is going to be lost in all this. He's going to be lost. And some people just don't want to argue. They don't want to, they don't want to believe that this is really happening. Maybe they're, they're just happy. Some people, it's because the fact that he is a, a Pope from Latin America which I have no problem with and maybe because he's Argentinian they feel that he rep that that this is this is the opportunity now that they have a pope that represents the the Latin American view but if but what about Christ Christ should be the center Christ should be the one that unifies us not Francis 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 is not going to be there forever and that's and you know even for someone like myself if I if he was a Middle Eastern pope if he was like Jordanian or or even uh, uh, a Palestinian Christian, whatever, or even Egyptian, um, if if he was still spewing Francis's words, if he was using the same, going the same direction, I would still have a problem. It's Christ that is the center of our lives, not the Pope. The Pope is only an instrument. And this is where a lot of people fail to understand that they're they're um, mesmerized, taken by by the fact of where he comes from and who he is. A lot of people felt the same way about John Paul II because he was a Polish pope. They have a right, even if they're Polish, to be proud of the fact that they have a Polish pope. But I disagree with his uh, Assisi prayer thing. I disagree with. With, with with some of his uh, ecumenical approaches. I'm critical of those. But I I I respect and I and I do love some of the things he did. You know, he was orthodox on many things and he was weak on a few other things. Uh I'm very critical of Benedict the Sixteenth. I think he should have been strong enough. He should have he should never have resigned. And I think um some of his philosophical, uh, intellectual approaches about Vatican II, I disagree with. But at the same time, some of his writings, his other writings on the faith, very orthodox, and I love it. With Francis, it was a different matter. It's a totally different matter and a, and a very difficult one for me. And I still struggle with him, but I pray for him and I still acknowledge him as Pope, though I strongly disagree on some of his, on some of his other, what he's doing. I do. 
All right, let's go to the next one. Uh, okay, there's a full statement of it. I'll read it another time. Here's the the, the, the letter uh, from this uh, dear Dr. Monastianos. I read with great attention and agreement with your statement, the open letter which you addressed to me, which was published at um, Stilium Curiae. I asked your pardon for my delay in responding. Some of the questions you asked me answered themselves, but it is good to reiterate, re 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 I'm sorry, we must obey God rather than men. Acts chapter 5, verse 29. But precisely because we need to obey God, we must also not seek in men the hope of salvation that comes only from the Lord. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. Psalm 117, verse 8. I recognize your good faith and your ardent zeal in your desire to be guided by faithful pastors. But hearing me called a vicar of the a vicar of the vicar causes me a certain embarrassment. The fact that restating what the church has always taught, denouncing the current drift, is not a sufficient motive. It is not a sufficient reason to attribute attribute to me an authority that I do not and cannot have. This does not mean that the exercise of obedience must not be uncritical. Reason first allows us to understand whether or not given by legitimate authority is coherent with, with the end to which it is ordered. But this applies in a particular way to question concerning the faith. In other cases, such as, for example, the obedience owed by monks to their abbots, even planting turnips upside down can be an instrument of sanctification. But here we are speaking of Christian perfection of uh, uh of exercise. Each one of our actions places us before a choice and has consequences. It allows to obtain merit before God, to exercise our free will in adhering either to good or to evil, allowing ourselves either to be conquered by grace or to give into temptation. Mm -hmm. Obedience is no exception. In choosing to obey or not, we are put to the test placed at crossroads, at crossroads. The Christian who is faced with the choice of burning incense to an idol or facing martyrdom does not disobey the authority of the emperor, but obeys the superior authority of God. The priest whom the judge orders to violate the seal of confession obeys the command of God by disobeying the legitimate order of the judge. The faithful who refuse to receive communion in the hand do not disobey their ecclesiastical superior because that order is a sacrilegious abuse. But this disobedience of ours, which is not disobedience at all, but because it reaffirms obedience to a higher order which has been abusively violated by the one who is constituted in authority, does not authorize us to create a parallel, a parallel order or a utopia, which the flock gives itself, its uh, gives itself its own shepherd and builds its own sheepfold. This would signify usurpation of the authority of God. On a closer inspection, this is what all the the um, the hearsayers try to do, who pointed out to the true church as the whore of Babylon, only so that they could have an ally. Um, uh, an alibi that would allow them to make a grotesque imitation of the church amputated in the sacraments, in the books of of the sacred scripture, in the doctrine, morals, and liturgy, and, and also in the hierarchy. All right. Uh, okay. Morals and liturgy also in the hierarchy. In the latest, in, in the... It, the latest in this long series of self-proclaimed liberators from the Roman yoke are the modernists and their followers. They have devised an even more subtle uh, strategy, attempting to obscure the broader Christ by superimposing upon her a spurious entity that claims her name but renounces her faith. 
It is not another church, but a sort of monstrum that shares almost the entire hierarchy of the, of the true church and thus is able to deceive the clergy and the faithful. Thus, obedience to the sacred pastors finds itself today in conflict, often in the same person with the doubtful disobedience of the mercenaries. The fact that the mercenaries are, no, are nominally recognized as Catholic does not prevent them from expelling true Catholics from the sacred enclosure, accusing them of schism. This situation of bipolarism implies that those who remain faithful to the despotism of uh, despotum fidei must must pay homage to sacred authority, which, however, must be resisted by disobedience when it is exercised for purpose that conflicts with the purpose for which it was instituted by our Lord. As I have written it many times, a revolution in the traditional sense is not and never can be the response to conciliar revolution. On the contrary, it is in true obedience that this hierarchically ordered that the in uh, invisible ordered in, in that the invisible weapon against the rebellion may be found when this rebellion is carried out by one's superiors. That is in the true humility that one fights against the, uh, the, the pride of the heretic or the fornicator on the one hand and the severity of the faint-hearted or the, um, or the court courtier or, or on the other hand is loving fidelity to the truth of Christ that the fanatical dogmatism of the, of the heretic is conquered. It is in the practice of virtue and in the life of grace that the, the root of, of the vice and, and sin, which we, we denounce, is certain prelates, uh, a certain, uh, and in, in certain the prelate is eradicated, the heretical, the heretic is er eradicated. Evil from which we cannot say that we ourselves are infallibly exempt, even um, if only because of our co-natural inclination to evil that we have inherited from Adam. Whoever thinks he is standing must be careful not to fall. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12. All right, I understand what he's saying. Look, we cannot break away and start our own Catholic church. We're not, or else we're going to become like the Lutherans and the Episcopalians and the Anglicans and the rest of the Protestants. And then we cannot also think that we're going to remain Catholic if we denounce the Pope and become like those separatists, those other, those who claim that the chair of Peter is empty, uh, the and or those who uh, like this other group that has having that's having sexual. Uh, Archbishop Lefebvre. Archbishop Lefebvre was sincere, but I think he went about it all wrong. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not an expert. I'm not trying to to criticize him completely, but let's face it. There's a problem in that group. They have a sexual abuse. And what happened here is in the Catholic Church, unfortunately, there's a superimposed image, like he says. It's like a disguise. It looks Catholic. It walks like a duck. It sounds like a duck. It quacks like a duck. By all means, it's still the church, but unfortunately, its its mission it's been it's been hijacked. All right, it's been hijacked by a lot of these men, and yet at the same time, we can't break away. We can't do that. All right. Uh, the Jews in the old, uh, even in Jesus' day, they couldn't break away and start their own Jewish temple. Like, let's say, remember the the Samaritans; they had their own temple. Remember when Jesus was arguing with the Samaritan woman? Remember that? Remember they said, you know, you don't know what you worship. He disagreed with the priests. He disagreed with the high, with the high priests. He disagreed with all of them. He thought they were all you know wrong. But guess what? He didn't break away and start his own temple. Because Jesus couldn't do that. Remember when he he healed the leper and he told the leper to go and do what's required by the law of Moses to present yourself to the priest so you can show that you are clean so he can participate in the sacrifices. He can participate in the Jewish life, the, the, the spiritual life. He told the man to go back and present yourself to the, to the, to the priest. 
The man probably was himself was could have been a priest. He could have been a priest that unfortunately wound up getting infected with leprosy and he couldn't take part because his words, according to Scott Hahn, if you will, if you can, if you will it, you can make me clean again. That's why they, they believe that he was possibly a priest um, within in, in the Jewish uh, religion. And Jesus said, I will, I do will it, be clean. And he was clean. And then he told him this particular ritual, what he had to do so that he can show as evidence to the priest and fulfilling the law of Moses. Jesus didn't want to overthrow it. He wasn't going to start. He wasn't trying to overthrow the old, the old right. He, he was working within it uh, as a good Jew back, back then. All right. It's true. The church is undergoing a tremendous crisis, is Archbishop Vigano's response in the letter, which began before the council and today has reached a point that appears humanly irre irreversible. It is true we have heard words and seen actions, even from the highest throne, that arouse scandal in the faithful and are in obvious contradiction with the magisterium of the Roman pontiffs. It is true the majority of the faithful and clergy are modeled into a doctrinal and moral error, while anyone who remains firm in the faith is accused of being an enemy of the church and the Pope. If this, is, if this was not the case, there would be no crisis. But if providence has seen fit to test us today, to punish for decades of moral doctrinal de 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 uh, deviation, giving us a drunken Noah for a father, Genesis chapter 9, verse 20, 27, it is nevertheless our duty to cover his nudity with fellow piety without, however, denying the intoxication of the, of the half undressed old man. Once he has re regains, uh, sober, uh, you know, once he's sober, he will bless those who have laid the cloak of truth and charity over his shame. Mo whoever has the grace, whoever has the grace, not to be misled, either faith or morals, should not be proud of having presumed state of purity. But rather, we must take account of the very great responsibility he has before God, the church and his brethren. This is true for the simple, faithful, and even more for the shepherds. First of all, obedience to the teaching of Christ is not a merit, but a duty for each one of us. Second, our, our adherence to what the divine master has taught us by means of the Holy Mother Church does not place us in a condition of human privilege. Since, since to whomever much has been given, much will be asked. To whom more has been entrusted, even more will be demanded. Luke chapter four, chapter 12, verse 48. The fear of God makes us understand how important it is that what we believe and profess with the mouth is also believed in the heart. And that, and that what we believe with the heart is also understood by the intellect. Dear Vincent, if, as you say, we are where we have always been and we have not moved, we are with sacred scripture, sound doctrine, and the holy tradition and the magisterium of 2,000 years. Nevertheless, we have the duty to implore heaven for the conversion of of those whom the world, the flesh, or the devil have seduced. We do not know the, the vestitude of their life or unfathomable depths of their soul. Indeed, we recall, the, recall that many of us only a few years ago were still not yet aware of the deception perpetuated against the holy people of God. Our blindness at the time and the lack of understanding of the creeping apostasy is not very different from a situation which many souls find themselves today, especially among the simple. 
the sacrament of confession to which priests and laymen, children and elderly, elderly and rich and poor, have recourse, reminds us of our corrupt nature and the need to place our total trust in God, that giver of all graces. Without me, you can do nothing, our Lord said in John chapter 15, verse 8. We must likewise consider our belonging to the mystical body as proof of the infinite mercy of God, who with divine magnificence Welcome good and bad at the banquet. Matthew chapter 22, verse 10. Dining to offer them also the wedding garment, that is, justification by means of baptism, before this royal gift, our humility lies in accepting and wearing of the precious garment of grace, which erases our miseries and makes us worthy to sit at the table of the king, accepting to participate at the banquet with our rags would not be humility, but presumption. Believing that the garment is owed to us would make us worthy of the outer darkness we see. Rather that we are like the servants of the king sent to the crossroads to call to the banquet, the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Luke chapter 14, verse 21. Understandably, in addition to being aware of what is happening and analyzing the causes, it is also necessary to identify concrete actions to the question, what should we do? That priests and lay, lay people ask me uh, and others. I respond with an analogy. When the priest is at the altar, he is turned toward God and intercedes for the holy people. There are days on which only a few of the faithful unite themselves to the holy sacrifice, others in which the church is packed, days when the commotion of the streets and the noise of the traffic echoes in the nave, others when sacred silence and recollections are accompanied only by the song of sparrows or the tolling of a bell, days when the celebrant ascends the altar with serenity and joy in his heart, others when his soul is oppressed by sorrow and discouragement, but he is there, standing, always facing the cross, always faithful to the command to renew the sacrifice of Christ in order to implore the divine majesty for grace and blessings for the church, to adore the most holy trinity, to expiate the sins of men. This must be our attitude in the face of, of the present crisis to remain where we ought to be like the priest dressed in sacred vestments we must not go down those steps just as christ did not descend from the cross nor do we look elsewhere for that for that salvation that comes only from the altar from the immaculate victim from the cross of christ we must do that which has been done for two thousand years Sempre ubige et eb omnibus. Immolate ourselves with faith and charity, with the humility and consistency, with the fear of God and zeal for souls. The popes and the princes of the church will, will pass away. All the powers of the earth and the stage of this world will also fade. But the mass and the priesthood will remain until the day of judgment. Peter Kowinski writes, That is why I repeat our sanctifying work planned for us by God in his eternal providence is to remain faithful to the tradition and to prayer, come what may, to abide our time, keep our sanity, hold steady, and wait for the Lord. He is still and always among us, not far away in utopian pastures. May heaven grant that if today turning around for the Dominus Vabiscum, the priest says only a few faithful, faithful kneeling, tomorrow he may see gather around the altar all those whom the grace of God will have dying to touch. Nothing else is asked of us. As ministers of God and as simple faithful to remain steadfast, to resist, to resist, um, Strong in faith, First Peter chapter five verse nine, praying to our Lord and His blessed Mother, asking that they may shorten these times of trial 
which hum humanly speaking seems destined to last forever. The day will come when our firmness rooted in him who gives me strength, Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, will be blessed by those who today deride us and despise us. The day will come when they will think of God, when they will thank God for the apparent disobedience of those who in the absence of authority remain faithful. I respond to your final question by qu quoting St. Paul. I refer to the fact that each of you is saying, I belong to Paul. I instead belong to, the, to Apollo and I to Cephas and I to Christ. Christ then divided was perhaps Paul crucified for you or is it in the name of Paul that you were baptized 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 12 to 13 we do not look to those who proclaim the word of God but rather we try to conform ourselves to the will of our Lord in order to be an, exa an example and an edification for our brothers, so must your light shine before men, so that you may see your good works and give, to, and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. To you, dear Vincent, and to all the associates of Adoration Librecan, I give my heartfelt blessing, Carlo Maria Vigano, Archbishop, October 13th, 2020, anniversary of the final apparition of Fatima. Wow. He always writes it with a particular date. That's one thing. Everybody points that out about him. He always writes, he mentions a particular saint or something. I mean, very, he always, he always keeps, uh, he's very aware of the church calendar. Well, I think everything he said there is true because one of the most important things about this is that you just don't want to break away. You don't want to become like those characters that, oh, um, you know, like, I guess, I don't know, they call, there's a name for them and I'm not very good at remembering these particular names, but Sede Vicantes, that the, the chair at Peter's empty, if I'm correct about that. Uh, there's another, like I said, the other group. But you just you just don't want to do that, and I think it's easy. I think one of the most important things about this is that it can push you and make you become prideful. You know that you know everything, and you don't. You don't have the easy answer. I just want a more Catholic culture. I want more people to believe. I want to see more Catholics read their Bibles. I want to see Catholics, um, you know, loving and enjoying being Catholic. I want to see more, you know, a, more of a of a, a spiritual revival and renewal. I want to see people happy. I want to, I know, I, I don't, I'm sick and tired of hearing about all these scandals. I'm sick and tired of, of having these, 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 these ridiculous scandal, uh, sex, sex abuse scandals thrown to my face. You know, every time I'm trying to, to, you know, to remain faithful and to remain positive and to try to share the faith. How am I going to share the faith when I hear uh, another sexual abuse? How am I going to how am I going to share the faith if if another one comes along and then and then says, you know, well, I just heard on the news about this this sexual abuse uh, by this priest or by this bishop? How you know how you know how do we do that? You know, you, you 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 know every single time you go, you try to go forward. There's another sex scandal, and it takes everything back, you know, uh, twenty steps backward. It's impossible, you know, and it and, and it just it just it just keeps happening. And then at the same time, you meet people who used to be Catholic, and they finally join some other group. You know, I mean, look, you know, then then you hear him saying to you, oh, well, you know, I heard that, you know, the Catholic Church just, you know, the clergy is just run by a bunch of homosexuals. You know, 
you're, you're, you know, they're, you know, I heard that your church is gonna, is gonna change the marriage, you know, that they're gonna start having uh, gay marriages, you know, you, you know, you got a lot of priests in your church that are gays, you know. Again, once more, I hear that, and it doesn't, it doesn't help. It doesn't help at all. You know, it doesn't help. If this is the way it's going to be, it's going to be impossible. And now with this Pope and his uh, uh, fruity and encyclical, it doesn't help. Vigano is right about one thing. You know, it does look almost irreversible, but it's not. Somehow along the way, this mess has to has to be has to be taken away. I don't, and it has to be done by the will of God. I mean, I we will do our part as long as we're capable. But, you know, I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to stop. I'm going to continue to remain faithful to the Catholicism. I'm not going to let the, I'm not going to let these people ruin it for me. And I'm not going to leave the church. But at the same time, I'm going to be very careful. I have to be very careful not to let this um, destroy my faith. I'm not going to let it destroy my faith. And I'm, and I'm going to keep praying that, you know, that I'll keep reaching people. You can't, we can't let these people destroy our faith. And I know it's going to be very hard, but, you know, it's very, um, it's a struggle. It's a struggle. Christ didn't come down from the cross. Christ didn't, didn't, did not give up. He didn't, um, you know, he went straight through, through, through his agony and suffering and resurrection. At the end, um, the resurrection has to come. Pentecost has to come. Eventually, Judgment Day has to come. You know, it's not the greatest podcast, but I'll try. I tried. I know it didn't sound very uplifting, but you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna, you know, keep going. But this is, but this is part of the thing. We have to face the reality of the problems we have. We have to face it. All right, folks, God bless, and we'll be back together again soon. Amen.